Hey Grizzlies, welcome to the very first episode of the Grizzly Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Aquino, and we're glad to have you guys here. I'm Daniel. And I'm Mauricio. And we're your co-hosts. We wanted to introduce you guys to the goal of the podcast here at Environmental Science High School. We're going to be interviewing the students, faculty, teachers, and as well as the alumni from Environmental Science High School. Um, we'll be asking your questions and some of our very own to our guests. Uh, so make sure to send us an email on what you would like to see more of in future episodes. But uh, right before we get to our special guest today, we do have a few quick announcements. So take it away, Mauricio. Thank you, Daniel. A few announcements that we have are just two quick announcements. Well, number one, yearbook. If you haven't already submitted your portraits, make sure to upload them on Cheering. The second one is from Aranta Science High School debate team, which is if you're interested in joining the debate team and want to expand and test your knowledge, make sure to email Mr. Worship about joining at benworship at laalliance.org. And that is it for our announcements. Um, today's special guest is um, your principal during class hours, but he is also your dungeon master after school. Um, give it, um, give a round of applause, everybody, Mr. King. Mr. King. Thank you, thank you. I'm really excited to be here. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, yeah. thank you for thank being you. the very first guest of the whole podcast. No thank problem. Thank you for deciding to come and want to be part of this. Thank you so much. Yeah. yeah, when you announced this podcast, I was excited. Like, oh, I would love to be on that. I think it'd be a good way <laughs> for students to get to get to know who I am. Yeah, that's perfect. Yes. Yeah. Um, talking about students wanting to get to know more of who you are, we want to introduce you guys to a new segment we have called Pause and Talk. Yeah. Um, so basically, this segment would allow us to become better acquainted and you know just a bit more comfortable with our guests by asking them a few icebreaker questions about themselves. And so I will be in charge of this section. And the first question I have for you, Mr. King, is what is your favorite sport to watch or play and why? Uh, that's a good question. So I've lived in Los Angeles my entire life. Uh, and my favorite sport to watch, I'm a diehard fan of, uh, I love watching Lakers basketball. I, I don't miss a single game. Uh, I'm not very good at playing basketball, but I love watching the Lakers. And when it's Dodgers season, I love watching Dodgers baseball. Understood. Yeah, we all, uh, yeah, we all, Angelinos like to watch sometimes Dodgers. And happily, uh, last year we were able to win the, uh, the champion. The yeah, we won the World uh, Series. Well, yeah, World and, Series. And how'd you feel about that, Mr. King? That we won the World Series. Were you excited? Oh. Were you happy? Were you just so amazed? It, it was redemption. Let me tell you that the, <laughs> the Houston Astros World Series victory put a big asterisk on that. Was a huge frustration for me for years. Uh, I feel like Kershaw finally got the World Series. A trophy exactly. that he deserved. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it was a great. It's been. It was a great year to be an LA fan, and like with all of COVID <laughs> happening, it was great to be able to. Yeah. Yeah. We all got to, even though we were in this pandemic, because you stated we all got to still that motivation of being an mm -hmm. And my second question for you, Mr. King, is when you were younger, what was your dream job? <laughs> uh, it's a fun. It's funny. Uh, mm -hmm. The story that I was first uh, told. Uh, the story I've been told as a child is. Uh, my aunt once asked my aunt once asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up, and my answer was a ghost. A ghost. So, nice. at my earliest, I wanted to be a ghost, which, if you think about it, is pretty smart. Uh, <laughs> I probably get to do that one day. Uh, but uh, for the longest time, I wanted to be a lawyer. And actually, fun oh, nice. fact, yeah, fun fact, I actually uh, studied to be a lawyer. Uh, oh. I was about to go to law school. I had mm -hmm. done like mock trial in high school and in college. Uh, but right before, and I had applied to law school, but right before I went, 
a professor of mine tricked me and said I should look into education for a couple of years um, and just try it out, you know, give back to the community and then pay off my student loans and go be a lawyer afterwards. Mm-hmm. And I did it and I never looked back. So I always like telling people that I was tricked into education, but I've loved it ever since. That's uh, a very interesting yeah, story. It's really interesting. I did not know that, Mr. Kate. Yeah. And what the last question for this section is how has COVID nineteen affected your life and all this situation about COVID nineteen? Well, I think there's a lot of like silver linings, but also just like the, the sadness and this like uh, I don't know the I don't know the frustrations that come around it. Obviously, I don't get to work with uh, you great students. I don't get to see our staff, our teachers, our our counselors. I don't get to hang out with kids uh, as much as I I used to, even just like during lunchtime. That's been hard. I haven't been able to see family uh, for a very long time. Like Zoom Christmas, Zoom uh, Thanksgiving has been really tough. So I think just the same struggles that a lot of families have faced across the country, uh, definitely those. I am, yeah, I, I feel like I've been fortunate to, you know, like have my health still because I know that's not necessarily been the case for a lot of families in our community. Yeah. You know, that's, so, yeah. that's, that's a my, very big one. Yeah. So, so we're happy. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Oh, go ahead. No, but we're happy to at least hear that you're, you and your family yeah. have been good health wise and that even though it's different for everyone, that your family is at least going through this situation. And we're, we're happy that, you, that you, you and your family are doing great right now. Yeah, thanks. And like, I think the silver lining behind it is one, it, time with the family has been nice. I have a four-year-old and a, a, a almost to be a two-year-old. Uh, she's 22 next month. And so it's been great to kind of see them develop and grow up. Like I got to see my daughter's first steps at the very wow. beginning of the pandemic. It was awesome. I would have not mm-hmm. seen that. I would have been at work. So that was a nice moment for me. Um, watching them grow up has been great. Um, and then like the other unique thing is because I've been able to be at home more often um mm-hmm. and then i be able to take care of myself a little bit more like i don't go to fast food like drive throughs and like sneak yeah. like a hamburger at mcdonald's or burger king um so i've been able to take care of my health a lot more and uh yeah so i think that's always a bit that's that's one of the that's great it's great to hear that mr king we're good that yeah i also take care of your health and I, you your family doing good. and that's great that you got to see your daughter's first steps that's uh, i feel like in a parent's life that's a very it's um, a milestone it's a milestone yeah absolutely and thank you so much for for this section. And that concludes our segment of Pause and Talk. Uh, uh, you may take it away now, Daniel and Anthony. Um, yeah. Uh, well, what I was going to say earlier is that, um, yeah, the, the whole um, Zoom, like Christmas, Zoom, Thanksgiving, all that. Like, I, I recently, like, me and my family currently haven't done anything like that. But we recently just did for one of my um, family's um, birthdays. Mm-hmm. She recently got tested positive and like none of us were able to see each other because the regulations and everything. So um, one of her daughters set up a whole Zoom meeting for all of us to like mm-hmm. go in. So oh. I-, I thought that was really nice because I got to see all my family that I haven't seen in a while. Wow. And also oh, wow. just okay. seeing when my aunt joined in the call and like she was all happy. She was like, oh, I thought this was just a private um, Zoom call. And yeah, she was just all happy. So oh, that's really oh, great. That's nice. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's like they're saying that um, there's a lot of like uh, communities, like friends that have reconnected because of the, the pandemic. Um, for example, like I hadn't talked to my friends from college in years, like, you know, life and career and family kind of takes you in different directions. Mm-hmm. Uh, but friends that I had spent all four years of my life with in college, we grew apart. But because of the pandemic, 
we've hung out every week since April online uh, for a couple hours every evening just to like connect and talk and play like Among Us and like code names other video games online and just to hang out and chat. So, mm-hmm. you know, like I think that those are the other silver linings as friends that have been disconnected are kind of finding time to reconnect, which is nice. And same with family. Yeah. 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 That's, nice. that, that's, that's actually nice. a really yeah, good way to really nice to know that question. Um, my first question was like, you said you've played a few games with your friends, and like you, you mentioned Among Us. Like, that one's been very big for this whole pandemic. Everybody mm-hmm. gets to join up, get on a call, or if not, just in the message and just like play around in the whole world. What other games have you played? I know you're really into Dungeons and Dragons and Escape Rooms. Like, have you ever, like, have you gotten to do any of that? during the pandemic? Yeah, it's interesting. Like when the pandemic first hit, uh, we actually continued our Dungeons and Dragons club uh, well into about August. So we played almost every week uh, for a couple hours once a week. Um, and we, we got pretty far into the campaign. Um, and eventually that kind of tapered out just because once the school year started and we had to focus more time on trying to get the school restarted, I had to walk away a little bit from that. But with some other groups, I, we were, we've played Among Us, I've played a lot of online board games. And one of the most fun things I've done online, uh, with friends anyway, is online escape rooms, which I was very like skeptical about. But uh, they've been really fun. <laughs> I got really impressed about doing an escape room online. How does that work? Yeah, I've never heard that. I- yeah, when they first started advertising, and I'm like, no, that's going to be weird that I'm not in the room getting to, like, unlock puzzles myself. But the way it works is you'll have a whole bunch of people on, like, a Zoom call. And what will happen is there's going to be someone in the room with, like, a camera ge- like a camera on their head. <laughs> and you just order them around. And you say, like, oh, what's that, what's that over on the wall? Can you, can you try to open that? Like, oh, there's, like, a thing on the other side. Like, what does it say? And they'll try to point the camera at the different clues. It's pretty fun. Um, I've been very impressed. Uh, oh, wow. I can imagine being the person that has the camera on his head. They're all, like, they know the puzzle just already. Opening stuff. They're working there. So, like, they obviously know the whole thing. And just hearing people say, oh, go to that corner. He, he like, walks over to them in his head. He's probably thinking, like, oh, um, they're getting close, I guess. Or like, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, no. well, it was, I don't know. That. that sounds pretty funny. Um, yeah, it was, it was funny. One of the games that we played, the the game master of the room had told us we were going too fast, uh, and so they tried to slow us down by like acting a little bit more dumb and like pretending like they didn't know oh. what we were asking for. Uh, so it was very funny. Like I think a good game master, a good they call like avatars, <laughs> they do a pretty good job of making the experience very memorable and fun. Yeah. That's great. That's great. I remember my very first escape room was the one that you had for the school um, mm-hmm. our, our sophomore year. Yeah. yeah that, was, that was really fun. We had done that for a student government. Uh, it's funny, I actually designed that for one of the schools I worked at previously uh, because I was really into escape rooms. I wanted to share the experience with students that one, like escape rooms are expensive. They're usually like $30 per person. And so I wanted to take what I learned and really share that experience with uh, my students because it's incredible to be on a team and solve puzzles together. It's, it's, it's quite a rush. Yeah, it is. Because oh, yeah, like, not only do you have a time limit, but you're also like trying to figure out the whole plot of the escape room. Because like every escape room has their own story. Like yours was, um, we had to find a vaccine, right? 
<laughs> yes, very appropriate yeah. for the time that we're in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and yeah, after going into your escape room, I I got encouraged. I'm like, oh, is there any like places where they have an escape room near us? And luckily, the Glendale Galleria had one. So mm-hmm. uh, I invited a few friends. We went over. Obviously, this was before COVID. And yeah, um, it, it was a Western themed one, and like I really enjoyed it. Was it the, was it the bank where you have to like break into a bank? Yeah, yeah, there you, yeah, go. There you go. How that was, was that? I, I I thought about doing that, but I was skeptical. You know, that. it was a little confusing, yeah. and definitely, you know, we had to manage our time correctly. Um, and that was our very first escape room. It was really fun, though. It was fun. Yeah, um, it was funny because. Um, the timer went off a little too early. Mm. So, like, okay. this whole animatronic came out of it. They're like, it's high noon. But then, like, somebody with <laughs> yeah. a loudspeaker comes in saying, oh, that was a little too early. You guys still have this amount of time. Yeah, like, I'm I'm, I'm very uh, discerning about which escape rooms I do because, again, they are expensive. And so I want to do only good ones. I have about 40 under my belt of escape rooms that I've done. But wow. I know... Yeah, I now go on websites. Uh, escaperoomartist.com is where I go, and I read reviews <laughs> of escape rooms before I, well, I guess after the pandemic is over. That's where I would go to read about escape rooms. But it's great. They also have, like, reviews for online escape rooms. So escaaperoomartist.com. I recommend it. Nice. All right. I'll keep that, we'll keep that in mind. Uh, and then my yeah, final but, question that I have for you is pretty much, um, like, how you were mentioning right now, like, before the pandemic, you were, like, you you searched up like these escape rooms. Were like there anything else that you did like an extensive research on just so you could be like, oh, this sounds fun, but let me see if it's worth it. Or uh, as part of the escape rooms? Um, um, not just escape rooms, but anything else in general, like food places, restaurants, um, movies. And like you're asking, like, are these like like hobbies of mine that I kind of miss that I want to like go back to? Yeah. Yeah, I, I've, I've never been a big, like, restaurant person. Um, my wife and I really like to cook, but I really do miss, um, like, in-person escape rooms. Uh, and I think I miss, like, just board game nights with friends. And so a few of my friends would come over. We would play Pandemic Legacy, which is, unfortunately, a game about a, a virus that <laughs> ruins the world. Um, I, I miss that interaction. I'm very competitive when it comes to those types of games. Uh, so I miss that uh, a lot. I miss going to Disneyland. I used to be huge at Disneyland when I was much younger, and I really want my kids to really like Disneyland. So mm-hmm. I miss that. Um, Understood. Yeah. yeah, and I really want um, Nintendo World uh, to open up. So oh, yeah. Japan. That is so cool. Yeah, and it's coming to Los Angeles. So I really want Nintendo World in Los Angeles and Hollywood to open up so I can go enjoy that. Too. Oh, yeah, that does look cool. I agree with you, Mr. Kane. Yeah. I, I, I grew up on Nintendo, yeah. so I'm, like, really excited for that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm looking forward yeah, to all of that. Yeah, different. I'm a bit different. I think I did not grow up in Nintendo, but even though I didn't, I, I still find that cool, and I, I would really like to visit that one day. Yeah. Oh, I like how you said hopefully they bring that here. That would be very cool. It's being built currently next to Transformers, if I'm right. Yeah, I think it is. Like they are gonna make N- Nintendo World here in Hollywood. Yeah, oh, that's amazing. They just yeah. they just um finished cool. building it over in Japan, I think, right? Yep. So they're, yeah, they're yeah, breaking they ground at some point here in Los Angeles once it's safe too, or maybe they have. I haven't followed I, up on it. So. Uh, I'll do a little research on that. But Daniel, would you like to go on to your questions that you have prepared? Yeah, of course. So, Mr. King, uh, before you came uh, a principal at Environmental Science High School, where did you work? Yeah, uh, 
I have a long history of this, like work experience. I started out in high school as a tutor. Uh -huh. uh, then I went to college, and when I was in college, I had a whole bunch of different jobs. I was a van driver, so I would drive kids, some like other college students, to their field trips. Uh, I, really? Yeah, I used to uh, own and manage a restaurant when I was in college as well. As an Asian oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was with boba and had pie oh. and whatever else. Oh. That was fun in college for about three years. Uh, I studied abroad in China for six oh, months, really? and while I was I there, know. yeah, I, I worked at a newspaper. Nice. I, uh, I did lifestyle reviews and whatever. And then when I came back, I, I finished college and I became a high school AP US history teacher for a really long time. I loved that. Uh, I, was, I taught in La Puente High School in La Puente, California. I was an AP US history teacher and I also mm -hmm. was the student government advisor. Um, oh. I love working with student gov. It's one of my favorite things. Uh, putting on pep rallies and activities and dances. Um, and then after that, I became an assistant principal first at Pasadena High School here in Pasadena. Okay. Uh, and then after that, I became an assistant principal at one of our sister Alliance schools, Alliance Dr. Olga Mohan in downtown LA. Oh. Yeah, I was the assistant principal there for about five years. Uh, in my last year, I got to teach AP US history uh, for the year, which is really fun while also being an assistant principal. And then, yeah, last year I became the uh, interim principal here at Environmental Science. <laughs> yeah. It's wow, really that is a long line of work history. Yeah. Wow. So Especially guess, with education. Yeah. I guess my uh, question would be, what what's your favorite experience out of you know that whole you know history of working you know in different in different experiences? Yeah, it's there is a lot. I would say my. My favorite job has been uh, being just a teacher, uh, being a U.S. history teacher. That's probably been my favorite. Uh, one of my one of the sad things about being a principal sometimes is you don't get to build the connections that you do as a teacher in classrooms. I think I appreciate yeah. opportunities like this, or like my Dungeons and Dragons club, where I get to really have authentic connections. Because as a principal, I can say hi to students like as they walk to class to and from during lunchtime, but you don't really get to build the day to day. I missed that, and I think teaching has been really great, uh, and I missed mm. that about it. Uh, but the other really awesome experience that I got to experience as an educator is my nuclear nonproliferation club. So wow. yeah. being able to travel around the world with students, like Japan, Korea, uh, Austria, and just to be able to talk about like the dangers of nuclear weapons to world leaders mm. and trying to convince them to get rid of it, and like taking okay. students from our community and showing the world that they are just as articulate and capable of like changing the world on a global stage. That's been really inspiring and I've really loved all those experiences. Oh, wow. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Talking, you talking about nuclear, I remember when you first came, you talked about that and, and I, I, that was one thing I thought, I was like, oh wow, that's amazing working with. Yeah, building a community yeah, like that. With just uh, and talking about that, that's just uh, very interesting to know and learn about. That's interesting. Yeah, I imagine once uh, I don't have to worry about like just figuring out how to make a pandemic work at a school, I'll have a little bit more free time, and I, I'm really hoping to be able to bring that club over to environmental science. Yeah, I feel like that's yeah, something that's the students could really take advantage of. Like, I feel like um, the students here at ESHS will like that actually. Definitely. Definitely, they will. Um, so I guess my next question for you is, uh. You know, what's the hardest part about working virtually for you as a principal? But, you know, what's the easiest as well? Um, on a personal level, I think the hardest part is being able to manage being a parent, uh, like especially for young kids. Um, for, 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 for your age group, you're a little bit more independent. But with a two-year-old and a four-year-old, they're, they're pretty needy. 
Um, yeah, they, they'll, they'll jump off the couch and hurt themselves. So, <laughs> yeah. um, they're trying to be mindful that they don't get hurt. I think the other part, though, just on a human level, but also on a professional level, is just not having real connections with yeah. staff. And so I've only been a principal of the school for a year and a half, and I've only actually been a principal in, like, in person with folks for about seven months before the pandemic hit. So it's yeah. it's been hard to build, like, honest community, authentic community and relationships. And so that's been hard for me. And we have new teachers and staff this year. And so yeah. Yeah. imagine being part of a community that you've never like actually been able to like visit. Like that's hard. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. I know that I'm partially like responsible for trying to cultivate that relationship. And so I think trying to build honest relationships and also people are just tired of being on a computer all day. Yeah, um, it, it is hard. So I think that's one of the hardest things about being Mm-hmm. the principle in like a virtual world yeah and that's perfectly understandable Mr. yeah i think you know um i think everyone's experienced that but you know i definitely think that this podcast is a great way for you know those teachers and students those freshmen to really you know get to know more about you and teachers uh as a whole and what environmental science high school is really absolutely that's why i appreciate that you all decided to do this i think it's a great opportunity for people to get to learn each other yeah, definitely. And uh, I guess my last question is something, you know, I think just everyone's wondering at Environmental Science High School is um, how will you ensure the safety of students, teachers, and staff when we return to on-campus learning? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's a great question. I think it's an important question. The one thing that I'll, I'll say to all of your listeners out there and to, to you three is all the decisions that we're going to make are going to be grounded in science and they're going to be grounded in the expertise and opinions of public health officials. Um, and so we're not going to make any decisions that we think might put students, staff, or families at risk. So I, I, I'll pledge to you, like I've done before, that we're going to make the very careful decisions, very thoughtful decisions, and ensure that the choices and moves that we make are going to be grounded in the best science and the opinions of the expertise of the officials that we listen to and respect and trust. Awesome. Yeah, I think I think uh, that's going to help a lot of people, you know, uh, become a bit more reassured about, you know, what this means for the rest of the school year and maybe even next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're not going to rush it. Uh, we we, we want to do this well. We want to do this safely. We want to put anyone at risk. So with social distance, with masks, with PPE, with Whatever, whatever is going to be recommended in order to safely reopen, we're going to take all those precautions because your health and safety is the most important thing. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 great to know. Thank you, uh, Mr. Green, that you are ensuring that this is a, that you're going to do it slowly and also safely because I feel like a lot of parents uh, sometimes worry about that, like being like, what if, what a risk it and, and I guess parents, if they do end up listening to this podcast, will be, uh, will be a, at least a bit more reassuring that you will take the necessary precautions for students and their kids be able to return to school safely. Right. And the one thing I'll say is if there comes a time at some point, let's say this semester, where we can safely bring 10, 15, 30 kids out of the 400 that we have, Mm -hmm. um, just because they're really struggling with distance learning and we invite them to come, Mm -hmm. an invite is not mandatory. So we're still going to leave it up to the families to decide like what is what makes the most sense for them. Uh, what makes them feel the most comfortable, and um, we're going to make sure that they're 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 a partner in the, in the decision making. But one thing I also want to caution everyone is, while I'm really excited about like the news of the vaccine rollout, about 
a new administration that I think will handle this crisis a little bit better. Um, it's going to be a while before we get out of it. Um, and so whether it's this summer, whether it's in the fall, whether it's next spring, I think we have to be honest with ourselves that uh, this pandemic is going to linger a little bit longer than maybe we all hope it will. Mm-hmm. But the reason why is because we're going to take it slow so that, like I said, we put your health and safety first. Yeah, I feel like a lot of parents and students will will like that you're um, the one that's mostly worried about us. Like some, some students I, I hear that they're like, I just want to go to school already in this online stuff. It's just not it. But like we have to take into account that you're doing um, what's best for the whole school, the community here at EASHS. And that it's only with small steps that we'll soon get to that point where we could all get to be around each other. And see each other again. Yeah. yeah. But like, I, I think if anyone wants to engage me in that conversation, I'm open to it because I'm not an expert in any of this, right? Like this is new to all of us. But what we will say is um, if anyone either disagrees or just wants to learn more, they're always welcome to reach out because I also want to learn what are the motivations, what are the desires, what's hurting you and your listeners out there? And like, what are the things that I need to be mindful of when making these really tough decisions? Definitely. Yeah. 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 Um, on on a brighter note, uh, after doing mm-hmm. a, a bit of research on the Super Nintendo World that over here, it I think they actually already broke ground, but it's been on pause. Oh, wow. It says a version of the Super Nintendo World is coming to the U.S. sooner than you think. Universal has confirmed that all of its theme park resorts will be receiving a Super Nintendo World expansion. Oh wow! Yeah. Well, that's very exciting. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. That's gonna be exciting. Yeah. Um, just looking at the pictures, you can see like. I think one of the rides are going to be um, Mario Kart related. So I'm excited for that one. Well, here's the question, though, is if you haven't been to Galaxy's Edge at Disneyland yet, when the world reopens, do you do Galaxy's Edge? Oh, wait, no, not even that. Do you do Galaxy's Edge? Do you do the Marvel Campus at California oh, yeah. Disney? Oh, yeah. Or do you do oh, Nintendo yeah. World first? Yeah. So many things. <laughs> That's a tough one. It's so much money, too, because like you have to take into account. Are you a big Nintendo fan? Are you a big yeah. Star Wars fan or Marvel fan? And like, let's say you're a big fan of all of them. Well, well yeah. if you had to pick one. Yeah. You're going to have to save up soon, yeah, because those things also... When it's a jewelry, when you're gonna visit, you're gonna have to save up, and yeah, and and I feel like that's gonna be helpful for my people to get attracted to come to these places, and 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 I think when this opens, this uh, when we all go back to our uh, uh, pre-COVID life, it's gonna be a very nice, uh, interesting to see how like Roger's gonna be excited to visit all these places that which are they gonna be open for the first time for everyone. So I feel like that's gonna be very interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, I think my final question that I have for you is um what what what's something what's what's a piece of advice you could give to the students of ESHS you know, before this ends? There's there's so many different things that are competing for students' interest right now on a personal academic level. I think the the advice that I might give everyone there's so much. I'll give two pieces of advice. The first advice is really think about the long-term impact of your actions um, because while it might seem easier to take the easy way out, especially during COVID, like like going to class late or 
um, just like checking out because everything is so hard, know that those choices will catch up to you. And you don't want to be like 10 years from now looking back at yourself and you know, live in a world of I should have, I could have. You, you, you want to be proud that you did. Uh, and yeah. so I think that's something to be mindful of, that actions that don't feel like they have as much impact now will. And just be mindful of your actions of the long-term impacts. And the, the only other piece of adv advice I would give uh, is uh, in terms of like punctuation, I, I, I like to, I've mentioned this before, I think. Um, when you think about the relationships and interactions you have with other people, you, you really want to be an exclamation point and not a question mark. And what I mean by that is when people say like, hey, you remember Anthony? You don't want them to be like, Anthony? Who's that? Question mark. Yeah. Gonna be, oh, Anthony! Exclamation point. Yeah. You, you want to be memorable. You want to leave a legacy, and so I think the way I would phrase it is: you want to go through your life trying to be an exclamation point and not a question mark, and in terms of the impact you make on people. Yeah, that's, that's a really very, good piece of advice. Very good advice, Mr. Yeah. King. Thank you so much, and everyone listeners. I think, well, uh, hopefully, I uh, see that advice and might take that into consideration. But that is very good advice. Thank you so much, Mr. King. No problem. I think this is one final question that um, most of the students over here at ESA would like to know is um, um, other school other schools have already begun training for like certain sports and stuff. I know we've talked about saying that we're taking small steps, but how long would we um, do we see sports coming back to ESHS like, at, like yeah. in training? It's a good question. Uh, all sports right now across LAUSD have also been canceled, uh, even like the outdoor conditioning, because if you've read the news, LAUSD, who was doing some testing of their students, mm -hmm. uh, of the ones that came in to get tested, one in three were testing positive COVID. Whoa. Oh, wow. okay. Yes. And so they've suspended all of those like conditioning practices, whatever else, because what ended up happening was even though they said that they were going to bring kids on safely, in most cases, uh, whether it was the coach's responsibility or the student's responsibility, they were not truly maintaining the social distance uh, because it's hard to. And the more we've learned is that uh, sometimes six feet was not enough. They had to be 19 feet. It just became really uh, difficult. Yeah. So what I say is from my end, like I said before, we're likely not going to like resume those types of activities until public health officials give us the green light. It's not going to be a decision that I'm going to make unilaterally, I'm going to listen to the experts. And when they tell me it's safe to have you all come back and do those types of activities, absolutely, I will allow you to do so. But not until we can be certain that we're not going to be contributing to the problem. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel like a bunch of students will understand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's understandable. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's, it's definitely taking precaution for the student safety, the school safety first before all other things that matters most. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, I think that's pretty much it from what we had prepared. Um, thank you so much for coming on again. Um, Mr. King, yes. Thank you so much for deciding to uh, be here, Mr. King, and decide to be our very first guest on this. Thank you yeah, so much. Yeah, we hope to have you back in yeah. the future. Yeah, absolutely. I had a great time. I wish you the best of luck. Uh, and again, uh, go Grizzlies. <laughs> go Grizzlies. All right. Um, Thank you all for listening. If you guys have made it this far, make sure to follow the podcast on Spotify or any other um, device you're listening on. And to follow us on Instagram, at The Grizzly Podcast. So, so if you have any questions, want to fill out our survey on becoming a future guest, um, that's our 
place where you could contact us. Um, it's been the, how do I say this? It's been, we don't have a group name. It's no. been the Hibernators. It's been the Grizzly Podcast. It's been the Grizzly Podcast. I was saying Hibernators, but yeah. <laughs> we'll work on that. But thank you guys so much for listening and bye.